Okay. So uh, today, one of the, uh, this is one of these years which has all sorts of exciting calendar events. We we're just talking about, again, the frequency of different Haftorahs that we got to read one of the very rare Haftorahs last week, which is certainly something which is, uh, which is exciting. So another one of the unique features of this year is the fact that we have Nasar Batavis, which falls on a Friday. So this raises all sorts of questions about preparation for Shabbos, as well as what exactly is going to be involved in entering Shabbos. Normally, we don't like to go into Shabbos starving, because it's never a good mindset to, to be in. And yet, in this particular uh, tightness for Asar Batavis, it can fall on a Friday, as it is this year. And we do enter into Shabbos uh, starving. And we'll see exactly uh, one of the issues, uh, the, one of the, the the third or the fourth issue, which we're going to address, has to do with when exactly the fast is over. Not what what clock time is it going to be over, but in terms of when is it over more halakhically. Now, for us here in the uh, northern hemisphere, so it's not so bad for us. Because for us, it's wintertime, and wintertime, it makes it easy to go ahead and fast that by the time you uh, wake up and you get yourself showered and ready for Shabbos, um, it's already time to go, uh, it's already time for the, the time to be over. Those in the southern hemisphere, where it's summertime, and I imagine it means the day is longer, it's a significantly longer fast for them than it is for us. Too bad for yeah, them. Yeah, but just the opposite, though, on Shivasar Batam was in Tishabav. But, yeah, yeah. It's, it's all so, a trade-off. You got to work the globe to our favor. Globe trotters will become, and that way we'll be able to to make sure that we get the best of uh, of everything. Okay, so there's a couple of issues which we're going to explore, um, and uh, that's our task for tonight. Hopefully, technology will cooperate, and we will be able to do what we need to do. Screen share, it's, uh, it's loading. Loaded? Yes. Okay, give up. So what we have over here is... Okay, so we begin with uh, trying to figure out what exactly are the restrictions which may or may not apply, uh, apply to Shiva, uh, to Asar Betavis, to the fast which we're about to observe. So we begin, this is actually at the beginning of the halachas of sh- the um, Shavasa Betamus through Tishavav, where the Shulchan Aruch says, Kol dal tzomos halalu, all of the four fasts, meaning not Yom Kippur, and uh, not Yom Kippur, this is Shivasa Batamus, Tishabav, Tainus Esther, uh, sorry, not Tainus Esther, Som Gedalia and Asar Batavis. So those four, the uh, uh, fast, which commemorate the destruction of the Beis Amikdash, not Tainus Esther, which is for a different reason, but the four fasts which commemorate the Churban, in the event they were to fall on Shabbos, so, so fast days are not observed on Shabbos, and therefore they're pushed off to Sunday. So this is what we know is the, not such an infrequent thing that Tisha B'Av or Shavasa B'Tamuz would always be in the same year, that they fall out on Shabbos, and we just go ahead and we push them off to Sunday. Yeah, okay. some, some, some Gedalia as well. 
So Gedalia is well could fall in the Shabbos, right? Three day uh, Rosh Hashanah. So you have three day Yantif and then some Gedalia as well. Yeah. Haga Vim Chalubair Shabbos. And in the event that it falls on an air of Shabbos, so then the halach is Korin So we treat the day like a regular fast day, and we're going to read Vayichal, the special Tainus Tzibor Kriyasa Torah. So we're going to read that both by Shachris as well as by Mincha. So when you show up in Shul tomorrow night, and we're uh, we're davening a little bit early, we probably should have scheduled it uh, another five minutes earlier. But when we show, show up in shul, so if you're already a minute late, we'll already be in Kriya Torah because we go from Ashrei right into Kriya Torah. So that's something which is unique. Okay. Now, when the Shukharach began with the words that these four fasts, when they fall on Shabbos, so the Mishabur explains that Kol Lavdafka. We don't really mean that all of them if they were to fall on Shabbos, if the, the calendar date were to fall on Shabbos, we're going to push it off to Sunday. Because Asar B'Tavis, the way our fixed calendar is structured, so Asar B'Tavis, the 10th of Tavis, can never fall on Shabbos. As is presented in Tavchav Ches. Tavchav Ches is the famous simon having to do with all of the calendar type of, uh, of structure. The end of Hilchos Rosh Chodesh. So that's where you would find all of those uh, interesting uh, types of things. So although we mentioned, although Shocharach says that if any one of the Tanesim falls on on, uh, on Shabbos, you we would go ahead and it would get pushed off to Sunday. Asar Tevis does not. Now there's an interesting thing uh, over here. This is not. This is a picture of a text. This is what the the they used to refer. They still refer to as Reb Chaim Stencil. So Chaim Salvechik, we know the famous Chaim Salvechik. So he wrote his sefer on the Rambam, but some of the students went ahead and compiled some of his teachings uh, uh, from different places in Shas. And this is called the stencil. This is before they had computers. This is before they even had uh, you know uh, quality typewriters like we have uh, now uh, that they had not so long ago. But this was referred to as stencil. So he writes as follows. He says an interesting thing about the theory, because in the time of the Vesa Mikdash, obviously you could have, or in the time that there's a Sanhedrin, which is deciding when Rosh Chodesh would be, so you could actually could have Asar B'tevis fall on a Shabbos. And he writes, Rukhaim says, So the Bahag says this fascinating thing, which is that theoretically, if it was possible, according to the calendar, for Asar B'tavis to fall on Shabbos, they would actually fast on Shabbos. So the whole thing that we're discussing over here is the idea that we, would, that we push off a fast from Shabbos to Sunday. Asar B'tavis will never fall on Shabbos, but the Bahag said that theoretically, if it did, we would actually fast on Shabbos. We would observe the fast on Shabbos. Because it says... On the essence of the day. That's the end of the Bahag. The Bahag is very famous for making short uh, to the point statements and without fully developing his ideas, which is great for uh, Talmudists and Halachists because that makes it fertile ground to go ahead and darshan and try and figure out what exactly he meant by what he said. Did, did, did they actually fast on Shabbos before they had a fixed calendar? Is there any historical uh, evidence of that? I don't know. I don't know. 
Yeah, I, I'm I, I'm a, I'm a little skeptical, frankly. But okay, go on. Yeah, but but for for learning purposes, it doesn't have to be something which ever happened. Uh, we are exploring this. No, no, in the I, 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 I'm saying I'm saying I I tend to believe that in the days before the fixed calendar, if it did come out on Shabbos, I'm betting that they didn't really fast. But okay, go ahead. Okay. So um, so he says it's our beer. And obviously, some explanation, some explaining is necessary. Why would Asar Betevis be different than the other fast? Where the other fast, where they actually do fall on Shabbos, and we push them off till Sunday. So he says, So Chaim now explains, A Tainus Chalom, a Tainus when a person has a bad dream, that's observed even on Shabbos. And we see from there that when necessary, and the reason why you, we fast on Shabbos over a bad dream, we wouldn't do this nowadays because we don't really uh, believe that our dreams have power, but in the day when they would fast for a bad dream, they would do so on Shabbos. And the reason is because the, uh, the Gemara tells us, Chazal tell us, that the uh, efficacy of fasting for a bad dream is on the day that you had the dream. So you can't wait till tomorrow, because by tomorrow, it's no longer the day that you had the dream. So since it's necessary to be done on that day, so you would fast even on Shabbos. That's one of the few exceptions where we would fast on Shabbos. Why do we need this as an example? Isn't Yom Kippur a much better example? Um... Okay, I mean, not for the purpose, not for the purpose of what he's going to say. All right. He says, by other fast days, and this is why Yom Kippur would not be an example. He says, by other fast days, it's okay to push it off to the following day. Tisha B'Av we could do on the 10th. Shivas Avatamas we could do on the 18th. Because you could go ahead and you could fast on the next day, and it's not going to be that much of a difference. So whether I fast on the 17th, whether I fast on the 18th, I got a fast day under my belt to go ahead and observe whatever dimension of mourning needs to be observed at that time. But when it comes to the fast for a bad dream, where the Gemara says, that the effectiveness of that fast is applies only when you fast that day. So for that reason, we can't push it off, because if you push it off, it's not going to be effective. And now he says this idea about the Tanis Chalom, why that particular fast overrides Shabbos, whereas other Tanesim do not override Shabbos, explains Reb Chaim, so according to the Baha'i, this is now the difference between other fast days, meaning Shavas HaVetamus, Tisha B'Av, and Som Gedalia, and Asar B'Tavis. Because all of the other fast days, which revolve around incidents which took place, so the real Kvias, um, the real um, um, time in which the fast needs to be observed is really the month of the event, and it's not tied specifically to the day. Like the Pasuk says, and the Pasuk is referring to our, that we refer to as Tainus, like uh, I think Arba, Tainus Chamisha, where we're talking about the fast of the months. 
So the fasts are associated with the month in which they are observed, more so than the day of the month in which they are observed. Therefore, since it's month-based rather than day-based, so then it makes sense that you could go ahead and you could push it off because whether I observe the fast on the 9th of Av or the 10th of Av, either way, it's still the month of Av and we're good to go. But on Asar B'Tevis, where the observance of the fast says, on the essence of that day, so meaning that it's linked specifically to the day and not to the month of Tevis, but it's specifically the 10th of Tevis, Therefore, it's a halacha which is linked directly to that day. And therefore, it's going to be impossible to go ahead and push it off to the next day, because by the time you push it off to the next day, the fast is no longer effective. So yes. this is the one fast, according to Reb Chaim, explaining the Bahag, this is the one fast which is actually inextricably linked to the day of the calendar, as opposed to the rest of them, where, although it's common to observe it on a particular day, the Iker is really the month in which it, obser- it, it is observed, rather than the day itself. And therefore, that's why we're going to go ahead and he's going to, uh, he explains that, uh, that thought of the Bahag. Yeah, the, by the way, the Pasuk Be'etzem Hayom Hazeg, this comes from Yechezkel. This one comes from uh-huh. Yechezkel. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Very nice. Okay, so that is point number one. Now he says, um, so that's just a, 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 a sort of like a fun fact thing. Now we're going to come back to this idea about the, the uh, when it falls out on uh, an air of Shabbos, but now let's go back a step. Find out what restrictions apply on um, Asar B'tavis. So the Shulchan Aruch says that Somos halalu So the four tanesim again shivasa betamus uh, asar betamus and asar So they are not as restrictive as tishabav, right? So these fast days, other than tishabav, so they're not as restrictive, and you're allowed to bathe. You're allowed to anoint yourself with oil. You're allowed to put on leather shoes. Marital relations are all permitted. And additionally, we don't begin fasting at night. Tisha B'Av, we begin fasting at night. But this, the, uh, these fast days, you don't begin at night. You begin in the morning. Now, says the Mishabura on that, Mutarin that these other fast days, uh, the Shulchan Aruch writes, that there is no restriction against fasting. Why? It says, that when uh, Klai Yisrael went ahead and committed to observe these fast days, so when it comes to Shivasa Vitamus, Somgedalia, and Asar Betavis, they did not accept to, to observe these days as a fast day with all of the severity of Tishabav. Why? Because it's something which is really intolerable for most people. Most people find it just to be too much, to, go, to not be able to bathe, to be able to put oil on their skin, to wear leather shoes or marital relations. It's asking too much. And we know that Chazal cannot make gezeras 
is is logical and as much as it may make sense to uh, issue that gezerah, issue that decree. But in the event that it's going to be something which is too much for Klai Yisrael to handle, so Chazal cannot go ahead and issue such a decree. And this is an example of that, that although they may have wanted to, at the end of the day, they can't. But the Mishabura says, about Nefesh, somebody who is sensitive to matters of halacha, who's conscientious and meticulous in his, uh, his mitzvah observance, so he will treat them the same as Tishabav, meaning that he would go ahead and observe the uh, more extensive uh, restrictions on these days, on, let's say, for our purposes, on the Sarbatevis. Okay, this part we don't know. Back in the day, walking around, even nowadays, if you walked around to work and you showed up in your Crocs rather than your dress shoes, so people will laugh at you. That's not something nowadays that may actually be acceptable. But back in the day, in the time of Chazal, it was un- considered to be unacceptable to go ahead and wear your Crocs to, uh, to work. And for our purposes here, and similarly, when a Sarbatevis falls on Erev Shabbos, like it does this year, so even about Nefesh, even somebody who normally refrains from fasting on a fast day, sorry, refrains from showering or bathing on a fast day, when a Sarbatevis falls on Erev Shabbos, so there's no hesitation at all, because you're showering in order to give cover to Shabbos, and showering for uh, for covered Shabbos is certainly something which is going to be permitted. Now, again, we uh, sort of take a lateral move to go ahead and explore the extent of these restrictions. And elsewhere, uh, yeah, Shulchan Aruch says, So this is, again, in the halachas of the three weeks. There's actually nine days. We say, From Rosh Chodesh until Tishabot, that's the fast, we go ahead and we we limit our business dealings and we limit construction, which is luxury types of construction, rather than something which is necessary, like you need a bathroom because there's not enough bathrooms. But with there are, and then Shochanar goes on to elaborate, Tafkuf Nun Aleph goes on to elaborate on a whole series of restrictions which apply during the nine days, some of which we observe, we Ashkenazim observe during the three weeks. But that's the whole presentation of these restrictions. So on this, we find a similar comment from the Mishnah Bura, this time in the Bir Halacha. He says, Rosh Chodesh Tainis. So from Rosh Chodesh until the Tainis, says the Bir Halacha, It may very well be that the same restrictions that apply during the nine days, that we observe during the nine days, they would apply on Shivasar Betamuz and Asar Betavis the same. So this would mean again. This would uh, this would generally include bathing, although not an air Shabbos. But it may include something such as getting a haircut. Is one allowed to get a haircut if they had scheduled a haircut appointment for tomorrow, not realizing, realizing when they schedule the appointment that it's going to be a sarbatevis? So are they allowed to get that haircut or not? So this is something which is uh, uh, which is debated amongst the, uh, the amongst the achronim. And the Arach HaShulchan, he weighs in on this matter, and he says as follows. He says, Medina ain't Israel Chitzah B'cham B'chol Gimel 
He says that the minog, he says that according to halacha, strict halacha, there is no prohibition against bathing even in hot water on Shivasa Batamus Asar Batavis or Tsongidaya. When we call Makam a minog lessor, but the minog is to not. So when you don't have to shower on uh, Shivasa Batamus, if you don't have to shower on or so you should really refrain from doing so because the minog is to treat those days the same as the nine days. So that would mean no shot, no hot shower, no hot bath, no hair cutting. However, rock bear of Shabbos, yes, Ellen. Does it mean starting from sundown or starting from fat, the fast time? Excellent. Um, so that is a uh, an additional sugya on top of this, which we're not touching upon. Okay, great. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for bringing up what I didn't want to bring up. That I, <laughs> that's, that's your job. I understand. Um, Ravosha definitely says, it, it's an interesting thing that, did we actually see that line? Yeah. If you look in this line again, uh, in the Mishaburah, the explanation of the Mishaburah, where he said, he's commenting on Shulchan Aruch, which says that on the other fast days besides Tisha B'Av, so the, the Tisha B'Av restrictions don't apply. And then we said on top of that, right, this is Tav Kuf Nun Siv Beis, Shulchan Aruch ended, going back up to source three, Bein Tzach Lahafzik Behem You don't have to go ahead and start fasting the night before like we do on Tisha B'Av. So why don't we go, why don't all of those Tisha B'Av restrictions in the starting moment of the fast, why aren't why don't they go like Tisha B'Av? So we say, so if you remember, we explained the Mishavruah, the Mishavruah, that when Klai Yisrael agreed to go ahead and observe these fast days, they didn't accept it upon themselves that it's going to have the full severity and weight of a public fast like Tisha B'Av. Because most people cannot go ahead and uh, and, and handle uh, th- those extensive restrictions. So if Moshe understands from here that although Chazal didn't impose it at that time, the the night of those fast days is considered to be part of the fast day. In other words, that's why Moshe says that you wouldn't do a wedding on the night of Shiva Sabatamus. Because although the fast doesn't begin till the following morning, but the night before is effectively Shivasa Batamuz. It's just Shivasa Batamuz without all of those Tisha B'Av restrictions. But he says, as far as these things are concerned, and therefore, like a haircut also, uh, we would say that you should not be getting your haircut the night of those Ashkenazim who observed the restriction against haircutting for a full three weeks. So you would not do so the night of Shivasa Batamuz. And then by extension, that would be the same thing the night of Asar Batavis. Somebody actually called uh, the base hurrah today. They wanted to know, could they go swimming tonight? Right? Because on the one hand, we said that you could take a shower for Shabbos, but swimming tonight is now a shower for Shabbos. Undoubtedly, the woman's going to go ahead and take another shower tomorrow. So this one can't really be said to be a covered Shabbos. So the post can discuss whether or not swimming is actually muttered tonight or not, in case anybody was going to go out to the pool. Okay. But in the meantime, but we're not discussing that, Ellen, so thank you. <laughs> oh, we say, um, right, so rock, so although the minog is to be machmer and not to take a hot shower on the other fast days, rock, but an air of Shabbos, it is allowed for covered Shabbos. Aval bitsone, 
I was excited by this. That's why I included it here. But if you want to go ahead and you want to take an ice bath or you want to go in the cold shower, the cold bath, there's no restriction against that ever. Not ever. I mean, on, on, on Yom Kippur and Tisha B'Av may be a problem. But outside of that, there's no restriction at all. And if you want to go ahead and go in the cold, I may go to Lake Michigan tomorrow, just lahachas, just not lahachas, but just to go ahead and emphasize that there's no restriction at all. And in the event that you have a schwitz in your house, you have a steam bath, you could go ahead and you could do that also. Interesting that the Mishabur, the Archa Shulchan writes that going into a Schwitz is permitted because it's not something which is pleasurable, it's something which removes sa'ar and, and, and sweat. I, I, I thought it gets you to sweat, but maybe what it means is that it gets some of the ichi stuff, it loosens the dirt which accumulated on the skin for people who don't shower on a regular basis. So that's something which is it's something which is more functional than it is pleasurable. But I'm not sure what exactly his schwitz looked like and what he was referring to. Okay, so this means, so point number one is that although there may be restrictions which would apply on Asar Betavis when it falls during the week in terms of haircutting, in terms of showering or whatnot, but since it's falling this year on Erev Shabbos, so covered Shabbos, so whatever you normally do to get yourself ready for Shabbos, showering, haircut, shave, so we would go ahead and we would do all of that on this Erev Shabbos as well. Okay. Now, another point, which depending on the, uh, the crowd where you go, or depending sometimes on the size of the minion and the people who are there, but, um, okay, we'll see. So now this is this part over here is the halachas which are related. This is true in general by a tiny sibur. Just sometimes for the asar betavis, which falls in air of Shabbos, and everybody's running late, you may run into this. Uh, there may be some minyanim that run into this issue. But we say ain sheich sibur omer anenu bracha bifneatzma that when the sheich sibur at the shachris or mincha. We know that the Shleach Tzibor adds the, uh, the paragraph of Anenu as a separate independent bracha. We incorporate it in our private Shemonesu, we incorporate it into Shema Kolenu. But the Shleach Tzibor says it as its own independent bracha. He can only say that Elim Shemistanim. You need to have 10 people who are fasting in Shul in order to do that. So if you only have half a minion, which are uh, which are fasting, so you would not be able to go ahead and uh, say, he would not say anenu in, as a separate bracha. In the fact that there are 10 people in town fasting doesn't help. Because as long as you don't have 10 people in the show where you're davening right now who are fasting, so the anenu does not take on a bracha of... Its own independent bracha. The Mishabura does clarify, however, he says, Ava, but in the event that you don't have 10 people who are fasting in shul during Chazar Sashat, Ava Yomarna be Shomea But it is said in the bracha of Shomea because Kashar Yachid came in Shutanit Sibur, because the Sheikh Sibur is no different than any individual who says Anenu at Mincha in the Bracha of Shmakolenu, incorporates it into the Bracha of Shmakolenu. So, in the event that you don't have a minion of people fasting, so for the Sheikh Sibur, the paragraph of Anenu shifts from its own independent Bracha and it gets moved over into the uh, Bracha of Shmakolenu. 
Now, what's absent over here from this discussion is what the Shulchan Aruch did in the Mishabura there, that Mishabura did not address is what about Kriyasa Torah? Kriyasa Torah is another one of those things. Kriyasa Torah and Haf Torah is another one of those things which is, uh, which is done specifically because it's a fast day. So is it necessary to have 10 people who are fasting in order to uh, do Kriyasa Torah? So here we have an interesting debate. Now here he's talking about in the morning. So as far as reading the Tainus Sibor Kriyasa Torah, uh, on, a, on, on a tainus. So if we're talking about Monday, Thursday morning, so even though the the Kriya Satora for the tainus overrides the weekday Kriya, what you would normally do on a Monday, Thursday, so even if you don't have a million of people who are fasting, it's still okay to go ahead and read Vayichal because you're going to read the, the Torah anyways. It's not as if we're introducing a new Kriya Torah, which is unique to the Tainas, because as a Monday, Thursday morning, we would read anyways. And the only difference is, which section are we going to read? But you can't, nobody can argue that you're making a brachal of Atala if you don't have a million of people fasting, because if you don't have a million of people fasting, you'd read Kriya Torah anyways. you just read the weekday Kriya. The Takana's Ezra, Likos V'Sheni V'Chamishi, because anyways, the Takana of Ezra was that in every shul you read Kriya Torah on Monday, Thursday. So therefore, the Mishabura says that on a Monday, Thursday morning, that's a tainus. So you don't need 10 people fasting in order to read Vayichal. All you need is six. Rove of the Minion, as long as Rove of the Minion is fasting. So that already is enough to switch from the Parsha of the week to Vayichal. Masha'en came b'mincha. As opposed to Mincha time, Mincha time, we would not be doing Kriya Torah other than the fact that it is a Tainus. And therefore, in order to be able to do a special Kriya Torah, which is unique only to the Tainus, it has you need a million of people who are fasting. And the same thing is going to be true when the Tainus falls on Aleph Sunday, Gimel Tuesday, Dalit Wednesday, or Vav Friday, non-Kriya days. You need specifically 10 people fasting in order to do Kriya Torah. And if you don't have 10 people fasting, you cannot do the special Kriya. Then the Mishimur says, that when it comes to the, uh, this is not a fast day for rain or a fast day for some other tsara, but the fast days which are, which are uh, observed because of the events surrounding Chorba Beis HaMikdash. So again, that's going to be Shiva Sabatamu's Tisha B'Av, Tzom Gedalia, Nassar B'Tevis. Kevin Dibedibre Kabbalahim, being that these fasts are observed because they, we were instructed or commanded by the Nevi'im to go ahead and observe these as fast days. Afilu Misanim Rak Shiva, even if you only have seven people who are fasting, and the other people are not fasting, and the other ones are not able to fast because they don't feel well, they're ill, or it's not healthy for them to fast, whatever the circumstance is. But as long as you have seven, then, according to this, so this opinion says that you could read Vayichal, and you could go ahead and you could do, you could say Anenu, meaning the Sheikh Tzibur is going to say Anenu, 
even if you have seven rather than a full ten. Okay, so Ramosha says I'm confused. One second. And Ramosha says that we possibly like this lenient opinion. Yeah. So, okay. so um uh, I, I first of all I don't understand what the significant I understand six, I don't understand seven. Six is a majority. Why why Davka seven? That's one question. But the other question is um uh, when it says you can um you you can lay in Vayachal with seven, that's not a chiddush. We already learned you can lay in Vayachal with six. Birkat Anenu is a chiddush because before this we said you needed ten. So uh, right. So the, the, the reason why you would say seven, the advantage of seven over six is seven is what we refer to as a rov hanikar. It's a uh, it's a uh, discernible majority, which is a step up from a simple majority. So that's why some posts can go with uh, go with that uh, number. But Lemaisa, um, we are we are uh, makel as far as even with um, even with just six. Well, we'll already be uh, Ramosha says we could already be makel with uh, with that. That's the way he holds the mice. Well, with, with with six, we 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 just learned with six you can be makel with Kriyat Hatorah, not with Birkat Anenu. With Birkat Anenu, up until now you always needed ten. Right. I'm sorry. Ramosha is only he's only just sorry he's only Ramosha only addressed the Kriyat Hatorah part, not the Anenu part. The Anenu really we would go with the uh, with the minion. Okay, now the last point that we are going to explore over here is um, the issue of uh, when exactly is the fast over. So the uh, we begin with the tour. The tour presents the, these two opinions. This is in Hilchos. It's interesting that this part about when the fast is over doesn't appear in Hilchos uh, Tainus. It appears in Hilchos Shabbos. We're talking about specifically uh, because it, it arises specifically in those circumstances where the Tainus goes into Shabbos. So here, the tour begins with a quote from the Gemara and Tainus. The Gemara and Tainus says, That any fast which a person observes, and again, this could be a volunteer fast that, you, that a person uh, commits to observe on his own. This could be a communal fast because there's not enough rain and the crops aren't growing or the crops weren't growing and they were eaten by locusts, whatever the fast is, where they may be doing it on Friday. So the uh, the uh, Gemara says, Chazal say that if you don't observe the fast all the way until nighttime, so it doesn't count as a fast. You get no credit whatsoever. So if you make it to like an hour before Shki or something and say, you know what, this is too much for me. I think I put in enough hours. We say, sorry, if you're not going to make it to the end, that's not a fast day. Meaning, normally we say, So normally we say that you have to go ahead and you have to fast all the way until until nightfall, whatever your definition of nightfall is. We're not going to explore that now. But normally, in order for a fast to be a full fast day, to be observed and credited as a fast day, you have to go until unless you specified when you committed to fast in the first place, when you committed the day before that you were going to fast, so you have the option to go ahead and stipulate that I'm not fasting until I'm fasting until after the Tzibor Davin's Marv. And that would allow you to, to finish the fast regardless of when the Tzibor finishes Marv as long as it's after Plaga Mincha. 
hour and a quarter before Shkia. An hour and a quarter, halachic, uh, 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 halachic hour and a quarter before Shkia. But you have the option to go ahead and stipulate that I don't want to fast all the way until Tzesa Gachavim. I want it to end whenever the Tzibur Davin's Marev. But somebody does not make that stipulation. So the expectation is when you commit to fast on a particular day, what that means is you're fasting until Tzesa Gachavim. Now, now, the, uh, the uh, Rabbeinu Meir writes that when it comes to a fast day, which is observed on Friday, so he writes that in this unique situation, when the fast day is going into Shabbos, he says you're allowed to eat immediately after Yudavin, uh, even though it's before Shkia even if it's before sunset. So you're making like an early Shabbos. So theoretically, we could have scheduled an early Shabbos for tomorrow, and we could have gone ahead and we would have finished the fast 45 minutes earlier or something like that, according to Rabbeinu Meir. Shehu mefarish misanu mashlim al achar Because he maintains that, um, that normally what we would say is that the obligation to go ahead and complete the, the fast doesn't mean until Tzesel Kochavim. What it means is that you, it means till after Marv. So that now becomes this, this issue. What exactly did Chazal mean when they said that you have to observe the day entirely? Shaka Allah Does that mean that you're fasting until Tzesel Kochavim? Or does it mean until you daven Marv? Aval Misan Be'ev Shabbos Tan is Chalom. Misan Ad Tzesel Kochavim. But in the event that somebody is fasting on a Friday because they had a bad dream, so in that circumstance, they certainly do have to fast all the way until Tzesa Kochavim. You have to find out what time Tzesa Kochavim is that night, that Friday night. And you, ha- you cannot make Kiddush and eat until then. Being that, as we mentioned earlier, that since when a you have a bad dream, you're allowed to fast even on Shabbos. The whole reason why Rabbeinu Meir is Mako when we're going from a fast day into Friday is because we have this uh, this uh, hesitancy or this restriction against number one fasting on Shabbos and number two going into Shabbos when you're starving. So we don't want to go ahead and extend that longer than we have to. But says the tour that doesn't apply when one is fasting on air of Shabbos because of a tinus halom because of a bad dream, because when one is fasting because of a bad dream, you could even do the entire fast on Shabbos. So the restriction against fasting doesn't apply when you're fasting for a dream on Shabbos, and therefore there's no leniency whatsoever on that fast day that began Friday morning because of the bad dream all the way until Tzesek because when need be, you'd be allowed to fast the entire thing on Shabbos, so there's no reason to say that you cannot go into Shabbos and you don't extend the fast all the way through Tzesek Kochavim. So Koshkin, so being that you could fast even on Shabbos, Koshkin Shemashim Adalayla, Certainly, then you could go ahead and you could complete the fast all the way until nighttime. So now that we have these different opinions about whether or not the fast day goes uh, ends at Tzesa Kochavim or whether it ends after Marav, so we turn now to Shulchan Aruch and we say, okay, go ahead and help me understand what is what's going to be the halacha. So Shulchan Aruch says, in Kibbal of Lisanos Be'er Shabbos, if somebody went ahead and said they're going to fast on Erev Shabbos, this may very well be a yard site. 
those people who have the uh, the practice to fast on the yard site. So it's not uh, so far fetched. It would probably happen every few years that the yard site could fall out on a Friday. So Shulchan Aruch says, if one is fasting, let's use that as an example, for a yort site on Erev Shabbos, so if it falls in the winter, sorry, if it falls in the summer, and your family normally makes an early Shabbos, and you would be eating the Suda before even Shkia, so on the day of the yort site, you would not be able to do so. Because on the yort site, the fast is going to extend all the way until Tzai Unless, as we mentioned, when you committed to fast in the first place, you put this qualification on it saying the fast is going to extend only until the Tzibur Davin's Marv. So if you add that stipulation, then you can eat as soon as Marv is over. But if you forget to add that stipulation, a regular commitment to fast ends only at Tzai Comes along the Ramah. He says, Haga, Some people say you don't have to go ahead and go fast all the way until Tesakochavim. As soon as you leave Shul, you can already eat. That's it. The restriction is over as soon as you go ahead and you leave Shul. So now we have this debate. Some people say, and under all circumstances, you go all the way until Tesakochavim. The other opinion says you can always go ahead and you finish the tinus whenever Marv is over, whatever time that is. So being that we have these two different opinions, is it Tesa Kochavim, is it going to be uh, after Marv? So the Ramah comes up with a Pshara. He comes up with a compromise. He says, So therefore, if it's a private fast, meaning um, that it is a your site, so then Lo Yashim. So we'll follow the lenient opinion. And as soon as you daven Marv, you could already go ahead and you could eat. So that's good for uh, those who have a yurt site on a Friday. So you don't have to dafka daven at the late minion. You can even daven at the early minion, and that's going to be fine. But when it comes to tiny seabor, yashim, you have to complete the te- the fast, meaning all the way through tesakochavim vachinog. And this is the minog. The Ramah says the minog is that when it comes to a tiny seabor, the fast does not end until tesakochavim. So that means, for example, that tomorrow when we're observing a Tainus Tzibor, that uh, Asar Batavis is a publicly observed fast. So that means that one would not be able to go ahead and um, uh, uh, eat uh, just because they daven marv. That doesn't allow them to go ahead and eat. They specifically have to wait until Tesakochavim. Now, for those who go to shul, it's not going to be much of an issue because you're probably not going to get home before that time, anyways. But for those people who don't go to shul and they're hungry, and, and certainly in families where there's nobody going to shul, so there may be a temptation to go ahead as soon as Shkia is over, just rush your way through Kabbalah, Shabbos, and Marv, and want to sit down at the Suda right away. But that's, that's not allowed. You have to wait until Tesakochavim. You have to find out what time Tesakochavim is, which way your rabbi Paskins is Tesakochavim, and you would not be able to make Kiddush until that time. Um, okay, let's just do this last Mishabura. We'll skip source 13. And we'll just run to Sifka and Chafalf. This is Reish Test, Sifka and Chafalf. So now, this is where the Mishabur explains the two opinions. So he says, Hi, Yesh This Yesh Omrim, the one that says in the Ramah, which says that, uh, that you're able to break the fast as soon as Marv is over. 
Svirulei, this opinion maintains, the Beibetanis Yoch and Beibetanis Sibor, that you could finish the Tainis, you could start eating as soon as you daven Marv, regardless of whether it's a private fast, such as a Yortzite, or a communal fast, such as Asar Betavis. Kagon Asar Betavis, Shechav Erev Shabbos. Like Asar Betavis, which falls on Erev Shabbos this year. Lo Yisana Rak Ad Sheyetzer Vesaknesses, so you don't uh, need to continue fasting beyond when you leave Shul. So as soon as Shul is over, you can go ahead and you can make Kiddush, you can have your Suda, even if it's not technically Tzayasa Because at that point, you've already said it's Shabbos. Which you're allowed to go ahead and daven already from Plaga Mincha, which he throws in brackets, is an hour and a half halachic hours before Shkia. And according to this Yesh Omrim, and this opinion maintains that we consider this to be completing the task, the, the fast, by virtue of the fact that you that you continue to fast all the way until after Kabbalah Shabbos. So you fasted all the way until Shabbos began. And according to this opinion, that's all you need to do. Just fast until Shabbos begins. And the same thing would be true on a Yantiv. If you're going, if you happen to be fasting on an air of yantiv, going into a yantiv, the same thing would be true. Then, skipping the brackets again, umachria harama. Now the rama, although there's a machlokas about this matter, so the rama decides to go ahead and strike a compromise, and he says the betainis yachid when it comes to a private fast, the hainu shiyachid gazal asmo tainis. So for a private individual, it's acceptable to go ahead and rely on the lenient opinion which says you don't have to complete the fast. However, it's best when one knows that they're going to be observing a private fast to go ahead and specify that uh, when this falls on an Arab Shabbos, that I'm only going to fast until after Marv until after I daven, in order to avoid any machlokas whatsoever. Because we said that even the opinion that says that you should fast after, until after Tzayis HaKochavim acknowledges that if you go ahead and you stipulate that I only want to fast until after Marv, that that's acceptable. So if you go ahead and you do that, so then everybody's going to be thrilled to pieces with you. But even in the event that you forget this stipulation, when it comes to a private fast, so it's not ma'ake, the stipulation is not essential, and the fast will end anyways after you've davimar. But when it comes to a publicly observed fast, i.e. asar betevis tomorrow, so we adopt the more stringent perspective on this. And then you have to go ahead and you have to complete the fast fully as if it was a weekday, meaning all the way until tzayis and when it comes to a communal fast, when it comes to a tightest seabor, you don't even have the option to stipulate, I only want the fast to extend until after I daven. Why can't you go ahead and make that stipulation tomorrow and say, I just want to go ahead and um, make sure to, um, uh, I only want to fast until after Mariv? Because when it comes to a tightest seabor, sort of like by definition, the la bidide talya milsa. Because fasting on Asar Betavis has nothing to do with your commitment. 
this is an obligation which was imposed on us by the Nevi'im, and it's not up to us to go ahead and structure how exactly we're going to observe this fast. It was structured for us, and being that it was structured for us, so we are bound by the structure which was assigned to it, which is to go ahead and fast all the way until Tanis Sibur. Uh, sorry, till after Tzesa So as we said, uh, those people who go to shul, it's not going to be much of, a, much of an issue. But for those people who may be diving at home, so they, uh, they need to find out, they need to confirm when exactly Tzesa is to make sure that they don't say Kiddush and start eating before Tzesa Kochavim. Yeah. Alrighty. Uh, yeah, I, I think it's worth noting that this this issue of if a fast comes on Friday, you fast on Friday is a more general rule. Um, that um, people think there's no other fast that can come on Friday, but actually there is. Tanit bechorim, and when right. and when it comes on Friday, we actually fast on Friday, uh, or well, we we go to a seum on Friday. We, we go did, to a seum, um, right? We, Trying to avoid it, but yeah, yeah, uh, and and yet if Tanit Bechorim comes on Shabbos, then it's moved all the way back to Thursday because you don't move a fast to Friday; you only fast right. on Friday if it actually comes out that way. Correct, correct. Okay, okay, very good. Thank you, Rabbi. Uh, yeah.